It's great to be with you. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be with you. Beverly and I are just so delighted to be back with you. Um, first, I want to say thank you. Thank you very much to, to James and Lee and to you as a church for looking after Adam and Lukey and Talia and Zariah so well. We are just delighted that they're in such a, such a great church. And thank you so much for welcoming them, for loving them, for supporting them, encouraging them and growing them as well. And... Um, I'd like us to start by playing a game. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. So, so this game is, is um, I'm going to say, uh, I've no idea how this is going to work, because it was, <laughs> it was going to be on slides, but unfortunately we don't have any slides. So, um, so I'm going to say the name of a company, okay, and I want you to think about the strap line of that company. It'll have a two or a three word strap to that company. A tagline, okay? A tagline, a strapline, a tagline, okay? So, so, so let's start with an easy one. So, so the easy one to start with. So I'm going to say the name of the company, and then you call out to me what the, tra- what the tagline is of that company. Okay, you ready? So the first one is Nike. Just do it. Um, let's do another one that I've learned while I've been here this week. Tim Hortons. Always fresh. Always fresh. Okay, let's try, let's try a slightly more difficult one. KFC. Finger looking good. Good, good, good. Okay, now, now, now let's, do a, let's do a more difficult one. A more difficult one now. You ready for this one? Another Canadian one. WestJet. Always late. Always Always late. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not always late for those of you watching from West yet. I really apologise. <laughs> always. Oh, okay. I'll let you work on that one. Okay, and um, let's do another one then. Another more difficult one. Anybody here have a Toyota? Who, who drives a Toyota? Okay, we've got a few Toyotas. So the strap line, the tagline for Toyota is... <laughs> let's think of another one then. Let's think of another one. Um, so anybody from Hewlett-Packard here? Anybody work for Hewlett-Packard, HP? I know that some people use HP products, so they've changed their tagline. But before the present tagline, their tagline was... And then the one before that was Think Differently. So it's interesting, they've, they've had Think Differently, then they've, they've moved their kind of tagline on. Companies often kind of do that. Um, so let me ask you another question. Um, don't shout this one out. This is just for you to think about. If, if the Christian faith had a strap line or a tagline, what would it be? If there was two words, three at the most, that incorporated the gospel and incorporated all that we believe, what would that tagline be? So let's have a look and see if we can figure it out together. So if you have a Bible, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. Or if you've got the Bible on your phone, you can do it on your phone. I'm one of those pastors who's happy for you to be on your phone. As long as you're tweeting and Instagramming and saying what a great church it is and what a great preacher it is that we're enjoying. And also, whilst you're looking for that... So 1, 1 Corinthians is in what we call the New Testament. 
So there are 66 books in the Bible. That's what we call the Old Testament and, and the New Testament. And after the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, near the back, then, then we have what's called Acts, and then Romans, and then we have these two long letters. They're both long letters called 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. What Corinth, the letter to Corinth, is, is what we would call now Greece. If you think of a map of the Mediterranean, kind of north of the Mediterranean, there's Turkey and then there's Greece. And so this, this place, Corinth, uh, was a real place. And you can still go there. There's still lots of ruins there. There's still a town there. And so the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to this place called Corinth. And this is his first letter. That's why it's called 1 Corinthians. And he says this. He says, Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's the clue. Verse 3, grace and peace. I just find it really interesting that, that Paul opens his letters, because there's not just 1 Corinthians and, and 2 Corinthians, but if you want to kind of flick forward on your phone or flick forward on your Bible, you'll also find Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians, and then if you even go further forward to 1 Peter and, and 2 Peter, who are written by Peter, not by Paul, and then right at the end even to, to Revelation, which is written by John, they all start with this. They all start with grace and peace to you. It's, it's like his opening line. I, I put it to you that this is the tagline of Christianity. This is the tagline of the gospel. Paul wants us to get this right at the beginning of his letter. He wants us to get it. In fact, at the beginning of every letter, Peter puts it even differently. Peter puts it, grace and peace to you be multiplied. Some of your Bibles might have grace and peace to you in abundance, or some of you might have in your Bible grace and peace more and more, more and more grace and peace to you. In other words, Peter is saying, have more, have more grace, have more peace. May it be multiplied, yours in abundance, extravagantly. peace to you. It's interesting also to me that we've just read grace and peace to you. Well, it's also interesting to me that you can look at and think about during the week that right at the end of this letter and the end of the other letters, has that just shrunk? <laughs> 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 oh. 
can't hold it like this. <laughs> grace and peace. Grace and peace to yours in abundance. But what, but what's also interesting to me, he starts the letter by saying grace and peace to you. He finishes the letter by saying grace and peace be with you. So in other words, he starts the letter by saying grace and peace to you. In other words, grace and peace is going to come to you now. As I write this letter and as I explain the gospel to you, grace and peace is going to come to you now. And then he explains the gospel to them in all of the letters. And then he says, grace and peace be with you now. So in other words, he sent it to them through the letter. They've heard the gospel and now it's with them. So what does it mean? What does it actually mean? Grace and peace be with you. Why, why is this so important to the Apostle Paul? And so important that he says it at the beginning of every letter and finishes it at the end of every letter. Why is this so important? Why is this? This is what he wants us to get. He wants us to get the grace of God. He wants us to understand the peace of God. He wants all of his listeners, all of those who are listening, because most people had to listen to the letter because they couldn't read. He wants them and us to get and understand the grace and peace of God. It's the most important thing, he's saying. He's opening his letter by saying, get this, get it, get it in you. The grace and peace of God. So what is it then? <laughs> what is it? What, what is the grace of God? Well, the grace of God is the fountain of the gospel. It's the fountainhead of the gospel. Okay, turn with me to another letter. Turn with me to, just kind of go on in your Bibles a little bit to, to Ephesians. Let me, just, let me just show you why this is really important. So we've got 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Okay, it's called Ephesians because it was written to a church in a place called Ephesus. That's why it's called Ephesians. And if you want to turn to chapter 2, so right in the kind of meat of the book. Again, it's written by the Apostle Paul. And, and, and he's saying this in verse 4. Let's just pick it up from verse 4. He says this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Can you just um, repeat that back to me so that I can hear you say it? It is... That's great. And God, verse 6, raised us up with Christ... And seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. This is, folks, this is just monumental. And this is what separates Christianity, let's be honest, from all the other religions. In present day religions, you have to do something. You have to attain something. When this, when this book was written, there, were, there was a plethora 
of gods. There are lots and lots of, of, of gods. Beverly and I recently went to, because we were on sabbatical, we recently went to Israel and we went to Caesarea Philippi. And in Caesarea Philippi, it's this, I just didn't realize it was this huge place where there were lots of gods. And you can go to this place, it's a big rock face. And in the rock face are cut out lots of little grottos, some little, some big. And in these were put the statues of the gods, all kind of pagan gods, all kind of Roman gods, everything from Artemis to Mars and Zeus. There was, there was even, there's, get this, get this, there was a cult of the dancing goats. Really? You think, really? And it was in this context of all these different gods in this huge, this huge cliff face that Jesus takes his disciples and Jesus says to his disciples, who do you say I am? I just think, I'd never, I'd never really understood that narrative before. That in all of that, oh, I'm in trouble again, aren't I? Sorry. No. I'm sorry I'm moving around such a lot. Beverly said to me, <laughs> so, so it's Beverly's fault. <laughs> and he said, so he said to his disciples, who do, who do you say I am? In other words, in, the, in, in front of all these different gods, he's saying, who, who do you say I am? When, um, when, I, was, when I was younger, I, I, I was brought up in a different Christian tradition than the one I'm enjoying now. And we had to do lots of things. <laughs> because in religion, you have to do lots of things to please God or to please the deity. Those of you from Asian countries or from India will, will be very familiar with all of that. In fact, they were familiar with that when this book was written in Corinth as well, because in Corinth, there were lots of gods and you had to do lots of things to appease the gods. You had to have different amulets to please the gods. You have to do different sacrifices to please the gods. You just had to do lots of things to appease the gods. And when I was growing up, you, you had to go, you had to go. It's a bit like spinning plates. It was a bit, a bit like spinning plates to please God. So you had to, you had to go to mass to please God. You had to, you had to say, well, spin this plate. You have to go to mass to please God. You, you have to go to confession to please God. So we'll spin that plate as well. To please God, you have to go to the Angelus to please God. We'll spin that plate as well. Not forgetting mass, not forgetting confession, not forgetting the Angelus as well. You have to say your rosary to please God as well. Not forgetting the Angelus and confession and going to mass. You have to do that. Oh, and you have to do a novena as well. You have to do a novena to please God. So you're not forgetting all the other plates that you're spinning as well. Oh, and it's really, really good. It's really, really if you can wear this uncomfortable thing underneath your clothing as well, that's going to please God as well. But don't forget to do the, all the other things that you're trying to do. Oh, and if you go on a pilgrimage, go to Lourdes, then that's really, really, really good. And actually, there's this place that you go to that if you go up it on your knees, because that's really, really important, you go up it on your knees, not forgetting all the other plates that you've got to spin in order to please God and get to heaven.
But the gospel is much simpler than that. Well, what have we just what have we just read? What have we just read? The truth is we're saved by grace. It's not by works. It's nothing that we can do. It's nothing that we can do. We're saved by grace. It's all of what Jesus has done. It's because of his death upon a cross, what we call his atoning sacrifice for our sins. That, that, that's what made the way to heaven. Not the things that we had done, but the death of Jesus Christ upon the cross. That, that's what saves you and me. That's what saves us. We, we can't save ourselves. We, we, all that plate spinning couldn't, couldn't save me. It was, it, was a, it, was a young, it was a young woman at university who said, Mark, why don't, why don't you talk to Jesus yourself? And a young man at university who said, Mark, why don't, why don't you read the Bible for yourself? And, and by those two simple phrases completely changed my life. And then when another woman said, Mark, what you need is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And I was like, what? It's like, what? <laughs> I didn't even know what she was talking about. It sounded like a different language, a relationship with God through... Now I was standing still, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> a relationship with God through, through Jesus Christ. But that, but that phrase just kept, just kept... Hey, I did it all by myself. That phrase just stayed with me, a, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I just loved it listening last, last week to, to Greg when he used the 2 Corinthians passage, didn't he? Do you remember, for those of you who, who, didn't, who didn't listen to that, let me encourage you to listen to that. Absolutely brilliant on the power of weakness. And he, and he used and unraveled us, really, as he unraveled 2 Corinthians 12 in terms of when, when the same writer, Paul, in the second letter says, my grace is sufficient for you. <laughs> I just thought, Greg, that is so brilliant. Because, because we need it. Then we need to know and enjoy and have it multiplied to us, the grace of God. It's the goodness of God. It's, it's his love and his grace and his goodness towards us by, by which we say nothing else that we can do. So friends, enjoy the grace of God. Know the grace of God. And it flies in the face of this world in which we live, doesn't it? Where there's so much judgment and so much anxiety. I feel it myself right now. <laughs> it's so, and, yet, and yet the gospel is encapsulated by this. No. Enjoy the grace and peace of Christ. So, 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 so what does it mean, that the, the, the peace of Christ, then? What, what, is, what, is, what does that mean? So, so turn with me to another narrative in terms of, and let's just look briefly at one of the Gospels. So let's look at Luke's Gospel, for instance, and, and just look at what, what, what Jesus has to say about, about peace. I just think, oh, man, that's just so beautiful and just so 
And just so amazing. So, so let's look at one narrative, just to remind you. You can, you can look at it yourselves in the week. So Luke chapter 7. This is a story when um, what's called Jesus anointing, anointed by a sinful woman. You'll be, some of you will know the story. Some of you won't be. So let me encourage you to read it when you're on your own. And then, and then, and then right at the end, Jesus says this in verse 50. He says this to her, Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go in peace. So what, is, what does he mean? What, is, what does Jesus mean? Go, go in peace. Well, I think part of what Jesus means is go in, go in shalom. That's, that's a kind of Hebrew word here, which we're not so familiar with, which is a much more loaded word, a much more powerful, kind of bigger word in terms of shalom. We just use this word peace in English, but, but for the Hebrews, this, this word is encapsulated in terms of the, the wellness of God, as things should be. Peace with God, peace with yourself, therefore knowing his peace. It's a much kind of bigger kind of picture word of knowing his healing, of knowing his well-being, and therefore knowing his peace. And so when So when Jesus is confronting this woman who's very aware of her sin and her background, he says, go in in peace, knowing that your life is okay now, your life is good now with God. There's no no other way to, to know that peace other than knowing Jesus Christ. There's no other way of dealing with our sin or our guilt or our recklessness or our omissions other than knowing Jesus Christ. Only he can give us that kind of peace. Most of us in that, this room know, know, know what that means, to know the peace of Christ. Let's just kind of skip forward in terms of um, two other kind of quick kind of narratives. So over the page in, in Luke chapter 8, another amazing miracle takes place. This is Uh, The paragraph says, Jesus raises a dead girl and heals a sick woman. For some of you, you'll be familiar with this. This is verse 43. A woman was there who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. And then she reaches out to Jesus. And then he says this in verse 48. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in. What does he say? Go in. Go in peace. (laughs) I just think it's just so... It's so beautiful, isn't it? He, he deals with it all. He deals with the physical condition, but he also deals with the emotional and mental condition, the anguish that she's been through for 12 years, the fear that she's been through for 12 years, the disappointment that she's been through for 12 years, the worry that she's been through for 12 years, all of the insecurity, the rejection, because she would have been seen as unclean, all the ostracism because of being unclean. He deals with it all in this phrase. Go in peace. Friends, I know this, not from a word of knowledge, but because we're a group of people. This is the most powerful thing that you will hear from Jesus today. Go in peace. Receive it. Know it. 
Enjoy the good of it. Leave this place with it. Take it with you. Take the grace and peace of Jesus Christ with you. Take, take how that encapsulates the gospel with you. Let, let me give you an example. I, I recently had to do um, a minibus driving test. I'm not sure if that's the right word in Canadian, a minibus, um, but a big bus and then a smaller bus, a minibus. So I, so, so, so I was doing um, a test. So I had an hour-long test driving this minibus around the town, and the normal kind of things happen in the town. You, you come to a traffic lights, and you have to negotiate that, a roundabout, and you have to negotiate that. And once or twice, somebody pulls out in front of you. You have to negotiate that. I could see the um, driving instructor kind of looking at me at that point. And, um, and then coming to um, a narrow road. And then somebody, again, pulling out in front of me in the narrow road. And I'm just concentrating hard. And eventually, I get to the end of the test, the driving test. And, um, and I just kind of waited to hear what the driving examiner would have to say. And the examiner said this. She said to me, I've never seen anything like that before. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm in really big trouble. I was like, oh, no. I said to her, oh, no. Oh, no. What's happened? She said, I've just never seen anything like that before. I said, what do you mean? She said, I've never seen somebody as calm as you. She said, and then she said to me, do you do yoga or something? <laughs> I said, I said, no, but I have something better than yoga. She said, what's that then? <laughs> I said, but to be honest with you, it's only Jesus who gives us peace. It's only Jesus who gives us peace. And I have to come to him every day for my peace. Because you and I will know that grace and peace doesn't just happen this morning. Grace and peace doesn't just happen once and then it carries us through the rest of our lives. We have to keep coming for grace and peace, don't we? When, when, when Paul says in Ephesians, I love it, when he says, he doesn't just say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, we need the Holy Spirit every day, don't we? I asked, I asked God to fill me with his Holy Spirit at the start of the day. And then by 10 past nine, I need it again. I need it again. I need, the, I need grace and peace in my life. Every day, because we know, don't we, in the river of life, in the whoop and wharf of life, in the waves of life, stuff comes to us. Jesus said, in the world, you will have, in the world, you will have trouble. But I love it also when he says, in Isaiah 43, for those of you who haven't learned that, that central section of Isaiah 43, read it, because it's power when trouble comes. I will be with you. When the waves come, I will be with you. I will be with you. When the storms come, I will be with you. I will be with you. When the fire comes, I will be with you. He doesn't say, I'll take you out of the storm. I'll take you out of the fire. I'll take you out of the waves. No, he says, when you're in them, I will be with you. I'll be with you in it. 
I'll be with you in it when you're worried about your children. I'll be with you when you're worried about your job. I'll be with you when you're worried about your finances. I'll be with you when you're worried about your health situation. I'll be with you when you're worried about your status in Canada. I'll be with you when you're worried about your mum and dad back home. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. And you can enjoy a multiplication of grace and peace. I'm sorry about my funny ears. So here's what we're going to do to finish. We're just going to think for a moment about a final example of this, which some of you will know and some of you this will be new to. But I just think he is such a great example of grace and peace. In 1871, there was a famous lawyer in Chicago called Horatio Spafford. And at the beginning of the year, he invested most of his money in some property in Chicago. That year, his four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. And at the end of the year, there was the Chicago fire which engulfed his property. So in a period of a few months, he'd lost his son and he's lost all his property. He'd lost everything, actually. He had four daughters and a wife, Anna, and he said to Anna, why don't you, why don't you go to England for a break, for a holiday? I'll just finish up things here and I'll join you in a few days. So Anna and the four daughters got on a ship to go to England. And midway through the Atlantic, a terrible, terrible storm came. And within 12 minutes, the ship sank. 226 people died, including Horatio's four daughters. Amazingly, his wife survived, was picked up by a ship from England, taken to Cardiff with a few other survivors. She contacted him with this now famous one, well, it's two words, a two-word telegram to say, saved alone. So he then left immediately to follow her, and over the place where the ship came down and his four daughters died, he, he penned this now famous old hymn called, It Is Well With My Soul. And I just think, what, what an astonishing example to all of us of grace and peace. That having lost everything, Horatio Spafford should, should pen this hymn in such a place as that. Now, I, 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 I don't know what you are going through at the moment, what your personal challenge is, but there'll be literally hundreds of challenges in, in the room and hundreds of opportunities to be feeling anxious, worried, depressed, especially as we come out of COVID and all that that means in terms of COVID depletion and being emotionally thin. But I do want you to know this. Grace 
and peace. Whatever your situation, know this. Grace and peace in Christ Jesus. And Aaron's going to sing this song to us. He's, he's going to minister to us Horatio Spafford's song that he wrote. And as Aaron sings over us, you, you can either just let it wash over you and receive the peace of Christ right now. Or, of course, you can, you can sing if, if you want to sing. But this is a moment now that the grace and peace of Christ is going to come on you afresh. I just know it. I, I, just know that, I just know that's what he wants to do for us right now. Is to bless you with his grace and with his peace. So please will you stand with me and either stand silently and let it hit you or, or if you want to join in. He's coming for you right now. His grace is coming for you right now. His peace is coming for you in this auditorium and for you watching at home. His grace and his peace is coming for you right now. Roll back. 
is a scroll The trump shall resound And the Lord shall descend Even so, even so Blesses you this morning, and that one day, um, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Just thanks everyone <laughs> for coming. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Dad, for for sharing that word. Um, please don't forget to get your kids. Please stick around. Um, for <laughs> um, thank you for coming out this morning. Please go in peace and have a wonderful week.